0: laboratory
1: in the basement of his home. Hello everyone and welcome back to the show. We have a tremendous episode for you today, conversation with Sean Fitzgerald. Uh, He's part of the Scratch Agency podcast and has his own agency and um, got to know Sean over the last year, spent some time IRL at uh, Doug Benz's event in New York, which was awesome as well. You can go back and check out the... Dung Ben's episode. If you want to hear more about that, uh, also was on the Scratch Agency podcast uh, with Sean, and uh, we had a tremendous conversation there. We've had more conversations, social media stuff, and I think that uh, I-, I love the way that Sean is approaching the business. Um, he seems to have both a you know progressive in terms of technology and, and new ways of prospecting, but also uh, a healthy and heavy respect for the way the business was done uh, and you know, strong work ethic, but also dealing with all the stuff that scratch agencies deal with. And I think that his perspective, his humility, his understanding, is willing to share and, and uh and be candid is just phenomenal and loved having Sean on the show and happy to share him and his expertise with you guys. Uh before we get on to Sean, just wanna let you know if you're digging the show, if you love the show, if you enjoy the podcast and you want a little more um, you know, if you're looking for you know, ten x ideas uh, to build freedom into your life—the freedom that we need to be successful. Um, that doesn't mean freedom from an overlord, although it can. It mostly means freedom from ourselves. Um, that is the battle that I and I think most of us who are trying to get better struggle with every day. I think we we you know uh, mistakenly place we mis we misrepresent what is holding us back from getting where we want to be. I think oftentimes we look at external sources, and that is almost never the case. Sure, there are always going to be external things that we don't like, appreciate, or create obstacles, but it is the internal limitations, the internal boundaries, the the fear, the emotions, the feelings that we allow to steer the ship that uh, ultimately I think, keep us from getting to where we want to be. And that's what Finding Peak is all about. It's finding peak performance in our lives. And uh, I work on this every day and I take the ideas that I find. Sometimes I just find a quote. Sometimes I find research or hear someone who I follow say something and it it triggers an idea that I start to implement or or something that I've been thinking on for a long time that I – or a story, or something that I've learned from, and I take these ideas, I distill them down, and I put them out every Friday. And if that's something that you want to be a part of, go to findingpeak.com. It's free. You can just subscribe by email, findingpeak.com, F-I-N-D-I-N-G-P-E-A-K.com. Guys, also, I want to give a quick shout out to SIA. Um, As you know, I was um, uh, rogue risk and uh, myself were acquired. uh, They didn't acquire my physical body, uh, that's illegal, but um, they did acquire Rogue Risk and my services back in April of 2022. It's been a tremendous experience. And what I've learned, uh, and I've learned so much about SIA over that time period that I just didn't know. um, know, If you want to maximize the value of your book of business in terms of cash flow, revenue into your business, they have the best contracts in the industry. And, you know, I know people that go there for market access, but I think the real primetime players, the PTPers um, that are choosing SIA are going because uh, they it immediately increases the revenue of, their, of the book of business you already have, not to mention all the new business opportunities that you get from SIA. So there's so many benefits. I don't want to go go into all of them, but I know that uh, Money Talks and, guys, in, in a crazy crazy economic world that we're in today, I think positioning yourself in a place with stability and longevity and max revenue contracts like SIA could be good for your agency. I'm not you know, shilling SIA by any means. It's not for everybody, but there's 5,500 plus members in the United States who've chosen SIA and uh, are doing well. So i love to give them a shout out. Um, no obligation to do so for sure, but uh, it's been such a positive experience for me and I've learned so much that I uh, just wanted to put that in front of you, so you can go to SIA.com if you're interested in that and you're an insurance professional, uh, finding Peak if you want more stuff on Peak Performance, and as always, I just want to tell you I love you for listening to the show. Let's get on to Sean Fitzgerald. I'm going to shampoo.
0: Yo, yo, what's happening, man? what's up dude how you doing what's a good word you know playing a lot of defense these days with uh (laughs) the craziness we have going on yeah Uh, i would say it's a long island thing but it seems to be a, a nation thing so you know i'm dealing with it like everybody else
1: yeah i think um i think there are definitely certain parts of the country that are getting hit harder than others too and it seems like anywhere that is any kind of Coastal or water or really anything that isn't kind of very vanilla is yeah. uh, getting hit the hardest. Um, at least that's 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 kind of what I'm seeing. Um, it's tough. It's freaking. It's tough, man. It's tough when it's tough when this stuff starts to happen. I mean, I know it's natural cycle, but it's definitely tough.
0: Yeah, it's scary too because. I mean, I have a nice base of uh property insurance on the South Shore of Long Island. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the South Shore of Long Island now, if you get within like two miles of the of the coast, I mean there's like three carriers that'll that'll write you. And then you're going non-admitted, you know. So I guess I have to be blessed there's still a few admitted regional carriers left, but once I see them tighten it up, it starts to make me worry a little bit, you know?
1: Now, do you is there any part of you that also sees that as an opportunity, like sees Mm -hmm. it as an opportunity to step in and say, Hey, look, there's only this many carriers left. A lot of people are going to freak out or if it's not their specialty, they'll, they'll run or they'll let it go because they don't know what to do. And you can kind of come in and and being that you're there and you know how to do it, you can step up and put some business on the books.
0: Totally. So I have three of the regional markets that right within two miles of the South shore. So we purchase a lot of homeowners leads. I know some people are against that, but those people are idiots. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, we have a, we have a really good close ratio. I, I think it's a good close ratio for the leads. Just doing the math. We're around like 10%. So, I mean, if I pay 150 bucks for 10 leads and one policy pays me 300 plus in revenue, I'm really happy with that. Cause I'm going to get the residual on the back end. you know? Yeah, um, and that's I, not including getting the auto and the umbrella and maybe they have a business and referrals and things like that.
1: Yeah, I I I honestly I think that the whole like lead buying thing, that that's legacy bullshit thinking. Um, those are people who aren't growing a book right now, aren't starting right now. Like, yeah, if you built your agency in the 80s, you know, maybe you look at it and you go, Oh, we don't need to buy leads. It's like that's not the way the world works today. It's just not like. We, we, my philosophy has always been the point of, if you think of it like an insurance agency, then sure, maybe, maybe in some purist weird way, you know, purchasing leads isn't appropriate, but if you think of it as an insurance business, then you need to bring in accounts and put revenue on the books. It's a business. And they're this, I think the ideology that some people operate with is crazy. And frankly, when I see someone or hear someone who has that type of ideology, I'm like, I now know how to beat you. Now I know how to beat you. Like your, your steadfast ideology creates weak points that can be exposed. So. Yeah. I think with the leads, you just, you have to come at it
0: with like a calculated approach, right? Like I used to, at my old agency, they used to, they used to purchase leads and it wasn't bad. It worked, but we never really had like a process how to handle the leads.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, now there's like a whole, Hey, when the lead comes in, they're getting hit with an automated text. They're getting hit with an automated email. We're calling them right away. We're following up two more times on a phone call if they don't you know respond the first time. And I mean, like it, it's gotten to the point where I brought up uh, within two miles of the South shore before Like I'm only purchasing home insurance leads on Long Island within two miles of the South shore because I know the captive carriers aren't operating in that space. So there's not going to be as much competition. And if I could keep my, and so I'm picking zip codes, you know, Yep. and listen, if I'm going to have a 10% rate, I just talked about this with my producer uh, the other day. I'm like, Hey, we'll do four a day. Then we bumped it to five. Then we bumped it to six. And I'm like. If we keep a 10% ratio, I'll just – we'll just keep bumping this thing up until we can't handle it anymore, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's
1: math. It's exactly. It's math. That's the part – like, that is the part that I've never understood about this business is all these, like, unspoken rules, you know what I mean? Like, you don't do this, and you don't do that, and agencies don't buy – don't do business that way. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, but I – I just have never I've never understood the unspoken rules. I've just never I mean, I know what they are. I don't mean like I've just never understood how you could possibly do business that way. Now now, look, most agents are so terrible at sales that it's just, you know, and and this is why you hear um, I started doing this thing in my keynotes where um I will I'll, I'll like, pretend like I'm being nice. And I'll say like, who works on referrals? Who loves referrals? You raise your hand. Who's who's a referral agency? Like if I, you know, and, and they'll, you know, people will be like, oh, I, I'm a referral agency. And they'll raise their hand. I'll be like, you are all lazy and you're terrible at what you do. And they're, they'll look at me like, what? And I'll be like, you want to know why you like referrals? It's because they're easy. That's why you like them. And uh, that's great. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do them but there are like 15 other ways to get business that would help you grow in addition to your referrals that you don't do because you're a referral based agency. And that keeps you growing at one, 2% a year, maybe flat. And that's all you do. But if you added buying leads or a little bit of inbound or some networking or a referral partner or whatever, you could grow five, six, 7%. You just don't want to do that work. and. I just think that we get, our industry is so okay with just easy and whatever that it's, there's so, there's just opportunity everywhere.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think part of the problem is like in the beginning, some people are, are so hungry and they do all the extra things they should do to bring on new business. And then they grow their book to a certain size and then they kind of just coast Yeah, and work on referrals only. I think that's where the, that's where the opportunity comes for for us, you know?
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Th- I, I couldn't agree more. There's um, I t- I've told this story before, but uh, back in my murder group days, there was this traveler's rep who uh, was the rep. I can't even remember his name, but uh, he would come around and yeah. he would stop in our office like two times a month. And then one day, and I can't remember his name. I just was like, dude, what are you doing here? Like you're here all the time. Like what, You know, he was a nice guy and he was funny. He was actually a cool dude. And he wasn't like your normal, boring rep, but he would walk in just to like hang out. And I'd be like, what are you doing? And he'd be like, I have 47 agencies in my territory and only five of them grew last year. Not grew with travelers, literally grew their agency versus the year before. He's like, and he goes, internally, we have this like, he had this name for it they, you know, but we'll just say that they, it basically was like, they have a number. Everybody's number is different. Could be 175,000 in personal income. It could be 250. It could be 500. Doesn't matter. The minute they hit that number, submissions plummet, business plummets, their growth flatlines. And he's like, we don't hear from them anymore. They don't care. They don't come to conferences. They don't go to trainings. He's like nothing. He goes, it's like all this activity they hit their personal income number and whack, they just shut everything down. He's like, and he's like, and you just see it over and over and over again. And there's part of me that's like, that person, maybe those people are smart. And then there's part of me that's like, maybe I just also couldn't live with myself.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, co- the whole carrier rep thing is 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 wild to me that uh, listen there's good carrier reps out there there's, i love oh, some yeah, of plenty. them but the fact that like they could just walk in unannounced <laughs> it's just that stuff just drives me crazy i, I actually got this from mike crowley uh, mike didn't even tell me steve mike told Stephen, and steven told me it was a yeah, yeah. Uh, i guess you know telephone game but I, I once a month now set time like three hours aside once a month to talk to carrier reps and that's it if a carrier rep wants to zoom they reach out to me now and they say, hey, in 30 minutes, can we do a Zoom? No. You know, Why my do you talk is... to
1: them at all? That's a
0: fantastic question. That's a good question. Yeah, I, mean, I I don't... guess it's to keep the relationship with the carrier, you know, see if there's any changes going
1: on. Do they even know the answer to those questions?
0: I'd probably have to fact check it. <laughs> I'd
1: say the reps are accurate in their info 60% of the time, maybe 40%. of the time it's a good point. I, um, I, I only meet with them when there's a reason to meet now. And I've said it to them and I've just said, look, like, you know, uh, like we're using, um, we're setting up a pretty, pretty, we're doing a lot of testing with carrier sales centers. That's right now in commercial. And, um, I firmly believe in carrier sales centers, cannot be profitable writing bops under five thousand dollars can't be profitable writing accounts under five thousand dollars you just can't be in commercial lines it's impossible um uh i shouldn't say impossible highly pr- improbable that you will be profitable uh writing accounts under that size um so we're some testing and what's interesting is they're as good or better salespeople than most of us. Um, they're way more responsive. they know their products better. They follow up more often. <laughs> um, yeah. And last month with one of our carrier sales centers, we had a 47 percent hit ratio, which is pretty good. So I have been meeting with the rep, the manager of the carrier sales center department, and our underwriter. quite a it, it for carrier salesmen is like twice a month, three times a month. Because we're working on a program together. Once we figure this out, I'm not wanna to talk to these people anymore because there's not, not a need. It's not a personal attack. I actually like all of them. I think they're all great. Yeah. I, I don't have a beef with them. There's no reason for you to tell me, hey, we want more bakeries this month. Or hey, let me give you our hit list. Yeah. So you're telling me yeah. all the stuff you Real used to offices. write, not yeah. the stuff that you're gonna write <laughs> in the future. How about this? You tell me now where the where the lowest rates will be in August. So I can be ready to write that stuff in August. Telling me that you used to have a low price on bakeries back in May doesn't help me in June, no. July, and August. <laughs> um because you don't control the pricing. You're a marketing rep. And the underwriter they, they can change the pricing uh you know in a, in a, in a, in a dime. So it's like uh uh I I do not meet with them. I don't uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not you know, I don't think you there's what I think. Like, you don't have an obligation to meet with them. They make you feel like you do. I the, I would guarantee there is nothing in your contract with that carrier that says you have to meet with that marketing rep.
0: I agree. I guess it's uh maybe it's just the way I've been conditioned, but I feel like if I don't meet with them, I could lose the appointment. It's just in my head. I don't know why. <laughs> but I no, feel like you, you know you
1: only lose appointments when you don't stop wanna, writing business with them. Yeah that yeah. person, cause, cause remember, and I feel like I'm, I don't mean to be like preaching here, but I just have very, very strong feelings on this. That person's entire motivation is more premium, mm. right? That's their whole motivation yeah. for them to get their bonus. They need you to write more business. They believe wasting your time talking about the things you're going to write gets them more business. And what I tell them is The more time you spend with me, the less business you're going to get because I'm not doing the things I need to do to put business on the books. You're taking time away from my day, So that's a half hour, an hour, once a month that I lose. That could be prospecting. It could be closing. It could be account rounding. You're costing me that time. Because so if you want me to write more business, stay away from me, unless you have a really good deal. You want to up my commission percentage to incentivize me to write more with you, call me. I'm interested in that. You have a special niche program that no one else has that will allow me to crush my market with your carrier. Call me. Everything else, no thanks. I'm good.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, maybe you got to have a good relationship with them first in order to uh, get those insights. You know.
1: I, I think you're. <laughs> Look, I'm just. This is my opinion. My... <laughs> I hear and you. The good, the good news is, i just playing America. devil's advocate. The good news is, America, you can have. <laughs> we can have differing opinions, and everything's good. But, uh, but yeah. um, I think you will find. Being that you are a forward thinking dude, that um, those meetings are fucking
0: (laughs) easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I hear you. I do the customer service center thing is an interesting conversation. I, you know, I would just say probably like a year ago, I just started looking into it. And and again, maybe this comes back to just conditioning being in the agency for so long and doing things a certain way. Like my first reaction without even like thinking about it was, I don't want to push anyone off of the service side. They're not going to handle them right. I'm going to lose mm-hmm. business. You know, they're just going to deal with them directly. But I've been using, so there's a national carrier we use. Uh, I'll just do travelers uh, yeah. for personal lines. And I've been using their dedicated customer service line that doesn't put the person into a phone tree or anything. People love it. I've had yeah. no complaints. Someone wants to do a vehicle change here. Call this number. Someone needs you know a copy of their policy or whatever here use this number and it works great i've had no complaints and if they do cross sell them on the phone i still get paid on it
1: yep so So, travelers is one of the carrier sales centers that we use in commercial mm. um very happy with them yeah and in all these things i think to myself if i'm am i making this decision as an insurance business or as an insurance agency Insurance agencies want to control everything. Everything's local. Everything's high touch. Everything is the perception of what adds value. Very egocentric. Insurance agency owners are very highly egocentric. It is all about them, their last name, what they want, the way they want to do business. Highly, highly egocentric. Not wrong. Just what it is, not wrong. Yeah, I please, agree. everyone who just took offense to that, please don't. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's what it is. That's how you make decisions. Then there are insurance business owners. And it doesn't mean carrier sales centers work for you. I'm not saying that someone who chooses or not chooses a carrier sales center. I'm just saying they don't think about it through the filter of how do I want to do business? They think about it through what helps my business grow, what helps my CSRs maximize their time with my clients that actually bring in, you know, if, if, if I have a $700 bop and a $70,000 account on my books, which one of those should my CSR be spending time on the larger, the agency owner says, well, well we need to make sure we're spending time with everybody because, and they'll go, oh, no, no, we spend our time, but then they don't, right? That's the other thing. They they'll, mm. they'll tell you that they prioritize, but they don't. Because when that $700 bop comes, your CSR is answering their questions, taking up time, asking about their kids, and spending a half hour on an account that makes you $70 a year, right? Where if you use a carrier sales center, just as an example, and this is what we've been testing with with good results so far, that $700 bop calls in, we talk to them, and we say, hey, we have a small business specialist that can work with you. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna transfer you over to them right now and they're gonna get you all squared up. And then we transfer them over and they get closed. And then we never have to talk to them ever again. And they're happy because we're sending them to a carrier that I know has the right product for them that will take care of them, that will make sure their business is properly protected, which is our job, right? Mm-hmm. And I yep. don't have to waste my people's time on an account that brings in $70. Yeah. So that's the idea. I, you
0: you you might you probably know this better than I do. I haven't done enough research on it, but how many. Carriers actually have this option for the service center. Is it more yeah. than I'd think, or
1: so there's a lot that have the service center? The service center has become fairly ubiquitous. The sales okay. center is still limited. Um, gotcha. the sales center is still limited. We are testing three right now. One is a super regional, two are nationals, um, that have a sales center. Like I said, service center is different. Um mm-hmm. w- w- service centers are to me. Anything under five thousand in premium should be in a service center. Just that's my number, and we're uh-huh. making that move right now. You, you, you. Just I've done the math a thousand times. To me, it always ends up somewhere around five grand. Maybe it's a little more. Maybe it's a little less. Some people say ten thousand. Some people twenty five. To me, five thousand feels reasonable. If your commercial account is five thousand or less, you should be in that carrier's service center because one, they're going to be able to do the things better. They know the internal process. They know the car change form. That person calls you. You have to take their information. You have to log into the portal, which is terrible because all the carrier portals are terrible except for Hartford's. Uh, Travers isn't bad either. Then you got to figure out where to go, make the change, input it, then get a receipt back that it was done. Then you got to send out any, it's like, how is that in any way a value add? The person just wanted to make a car change and think about all that work and time and all the possible data entry errors. You could have your absolute best CSR and they're thinking about the fact that their kid is graduating from middle school today and just misses a number and then that's messed up. And then the car doesn't, auto ID doesn't come in right. And it's just, it's, there's so many problems where that person could just call the carrier direct, make the car change, have their thing emailed to them five minutes later, and they're, they're happy as shit. So yeah. so I think that that's service centers are no-brainer. Now, not every service center is the same, but, but I'd say like take travelers, for instance. Travelers' service center retains business at a 93% clip. What is the best practices agency average? It's like somewhere between 89 and 90%. So 93% retention rate, commercial line, small business, Travelers' wow. service center. That's pretty good. Yeah, okay. I'm happy with that number. Right? Hanover's is north of 93%. It fluctuates between 93 and 94
0: well, they do certificates of insurance too. They do everything.
1: That's... You never have to talk to the person again ever, ever, forever, in anything. You never have to speak to them again.
0: Yeah. I guess I wonder how that would work, right? Because it's usually, I mean, the contractor's idea with like it's just an, an email request, you know?
1: So they I don't email know. Email they... the service center.
0: That's it. Okay.
1: Yeah. Their relationship is that ends simple up being with the service center. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. what it is. And but they answer the phone that. is you, they work as you. They have a whole bank of people. They Mm -hmm. work later hours, 8 p.m. How many certificates are you issuing at 8, 9 o'clock p.m.? None, right? So it's like, to me, that kind of stuff. Now, granted, you get into more sophisticated accounts. This is not the place for them. This is where we do our – this is where we shine. Expertise, experience, coverage, consultation, caring. This is where we shine on – accounts that have some meat to them that have some moving parts maybe you got to do you got to go take pictures of the place or i mean there's a lot of different things that you can do um but these carrier sales centers and so there's less that have the sales centers are less there's not as many mm-hmm. carriers that have the sales centers but um to me this is the future of small business for independent insurance agents we become lead lead creators and we pass them on to our partners and the decision on where they go is very very important right so you're still there's still an aspect of consultation to it. Right. I have to choose between say Hanover or travelers or whoever else. Um, But you know, the truth is I, I just, at a certain point you can't just continue to lose money on these small business accounts Um, as business owner, as an agency owner, you can do whatever the hell you want. But as a business owner, your job is to create profits. You can pay your people and yourself and take care of your family and um. I just, I don't know how the math works. Otherwise that's the problem. If the math worked, I wouldn't even be having this conversation, but the math doesn't work in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love this conversation because I think it's just being open-minded, right? Like we're not saying service center for everything. We're just saying for certain accounts in a certain size and a certain niche, service center is great.
1: hundred percent. You brought up contractors. Contractors are very tough. I actually Mm -hmm. think that contractors probably more often than not need to stay in-house. Now, maybe you can put some certificate automation in or a self service portal or something like that. I know uh, I haven't tested it yet, but like Glovebox has some stuff. And there's so there's a lot of options, right? Or, um, you know, there's uh, uh, shoot, what was that? There's a bunch of tools that do this, but like maybe that's the option. But like for Bop, you know, bakery, John's Bakery on Main Street calls and needs needs uh, Bop comp commercial auto policy and umbrella. Total package, fifty five hundred bucks.
0: Service center all day.
1: Service center, because that's where he will be better served. Also, I mean, that's where he would be better served. You, you, I agree. Your your people take lunch breaks. They take smoke breaks. They take piss breaks. They 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 make mistakes because they're not perfect and they're one person and they have hundreds of clients that they're servicing right. And they don't yeah. have. They don't know the exact nuances of every of all the policies of all the carriers they serve. So, so there is an aspect to this where in the right scenario, you're actually serving the customer better by getting them directly to the point uh, or the, or to the, to the, to the manufacturer in this case, which is the carrier. It's just not, I completely agree with you. It's it's definitely 100% not for every customer, not even close. Yeah, no,
0: I, t- I, I totally agree.
1: Yeah. So what else are you uh what else are you excited about, man? Like what are you uh I know you guys you guys have your own podcast, you're doing awesome. I love Thank to you. watch it. I love seeing the little clips you guys put out. It was such a pleasure to be on the show. I love chatting with you guys. Um, what other stuff like, you know, young agency owner crushing, doing fun stuff? Like what other shit are you playing with? What are you excited about? Like, I'm I'm interested in that.
0: Thank you, man. I'm well, I can't. Not be on a podcast with you and not talk about AI, so <laughs> I, I am I am very excited about AI right now, um, mainly as just a tool to help me be a little bit more efficient. Um, for instance, you and I talked offline the other day about you know, just using it to assist with making blogs for my website.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I went I'm a terrible writer, and I went from it taking me about three hours to do a blog to about thirty minutes, yeah, and now I I'm going to say this on air. I have no excuse to not blog consistently once a week. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the way AI is set up now, I mean, it can create my title. It can help create the body of the, you know, you know, the word, the wording. I can throw it in Grammarly. I can then go in and make my little touch-up so it's a little more personalized. And then it's done. Yeah. You know?
1: All right. Uh, I'm and- going to give you right now, I'm going to get you to two blog posts a day. In less than 30 minutes right now. Oh no. Okay. All right. We're gonna this is the secret sauce. You guys are getting this exclusively. Ryan Hanley show special. Um, if you want the walkthrough for this, this is a hardcore plug. So deal with it. It's my show. I can do whatever I want. Go to findingpeat.com and subscribe, and you'll get uh I'm gonna do a walkthrough for this for next week that uh that people will get so you can see how I do this because this this shit is blowing my mind. Our traffic is going through the roof. We produce two blog posts a day, 30 minutes or less. 30 minutes or less. Okay, so here's how we do it. So, there is a tool called buyword.ai, B Y W R I D.ai. Okay. It costs money. So, all you cheap fucks are going to have to open up your wallet. So, just deal with that. But if you, you know, you want to produce two blog posts a day for 30 minutes in 30 minutes or less, you're going to have to pay something. Okay. You also have to buy the Chat GPT for uh paid premium subscription, which is $20 a month. So, you can afford this stuff, okay? If you can't, you should not be selling insurance for a living because it means you stink at selling insurance. So if you can't afford these things, then you stink at selling insurance, you should find another career. Otherwise, open up your freaking wallet, pay for these tools, and I promise you, you this, you will start to rip really good blog posts out. Okay, so what I do is um, I use chat GPT 4 uh, not 3.5 because I've just found it not to be as good. Chat GPT 4 to create blog post titles. So I would do something like pretend uh, or act as the owner of a bakery and give me 10 uncommon blog post titles about different insurance coverages I may not understand. That would be the prompt I would put in, something like that. And it'll give you 10 really interesting, you know, workers comp, commercial auto, okay, you get 10. I take those 10 blog post titles, and I copy and paste them into ByWord, B-Y, And I copy them in, and I hit start generating. Okay, while it's doing that, okay, let's pretend I can pause that. We're going to take a step back. If you have WordPress or HubSpot, you can use Zapier to connect Byword.ai directly to your blog. So we use HubSpot for our blog. I don't recommend it. It's expensive. It's awesome, but it's expensive. WordPress is more than enough. So please don't go, oh my God, Hanley uses HubSpot. I have to change the HubSpot. Don't yeah. do that.
0: Just use let me Let me just say real quick too. Yeah. So I use Advisor Evolved. It, yes. From ByWord, it plugs it all 10 right into the website. Yes, exactly.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree with you more. Advisor Evolves the best. Chris Langel's the goat. Just <laughs> do that. So so, GPT 4 10 bog posts into ByWord. It immediately writes these articles, puts the article, which you can say, like the tone and how long you want it to be a cat, et cetera, puts them directly into WordPress. Then you go into WordPress and you have to use Grammarly. This is another paid tool. Guys, this is going to cost you, Grammarly is $120 a year. So what's that, 12 bucks plus the 20? So that's $32 plus 10 articles through ByWord is going to cost you maybe, if you buy the $100 a month subscription, uh, you know, so you're looking at 150 bucks a month let's say that for 20 blog posts a month, 150 bucks a month for 20 blog posts a month. We'll do one a day. So that pushes guys, it pushes the blog posts, the written blog posts directly in your WordPress as drafts formatted. Then you use Grammarly and you go through and you just like Grammarly clean it up. And then maybe you add in a couple internal links and in some of your own language at the end and you hit publish and you can have in in probably what, two hours for the work, you could have all 20 scheduled for the entire month and never have to think about it. A new blog post every day, tailored, specific, unique URLs, unique, the whole deal. And you are now a blog post creating machine that's going to ramp up and you can do them tailored specific to your geography, different counties. I mean, all this stuff, you could have all this going all the time and it will drastically improve your inbound marketing. And it's inexpensive and fast.
0: Yeah. And then you could even take it a step further and use mid journey
1: or Jasper and create AI generated art to throw in the blog post. What's up guys. Quick break here. Want to give a shout out to nationwide brokerage solutions. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than nationwide brokerage solutions with over 200 carriers. They're comprehensive options. Give you what you need for your customers ever changing needs. That's your need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business. Sorry, sometimes when you're reading these things, the way the words are written don't sound as good as they probably look. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information, go to Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Visit nbsbrokerage.com. On the reels, guys, Rogue Risk, uses nationwide brokerage solutions. We've been very, very happy with them. Hanley out. So here's the cool, so here's the cool part. In, uh, in, um, ByWord, they Mm. actually create an image that goes along. The only problem is it doesn't push the image into WordPress. So what you just do is go back into ByWord and download the custom, AI generated image that goes with Mm -hmm. that particular uh, title, and then just use that. And now you have had to create nothing unique, except you have unique content that is served to people. I had a guy the other day, an insurance guy go, holy shit, who is creating your content (laughs) for you? It is fucking brilliant. And you're just pumping it out. And I'm like, yeah, bro, we got smarter people here.
0: It, it's so funny you say that that's how I knew I was a terrible writer because I did like I don't know eight or nine blog posts myself and no one ever said anything and then I started doing the AI stuff and I got like two comments like man these articles are great <laughs> great
1: yeah and I, yeah. I fact checked them I've looked at them you know I've, I haven't i have found any I haven't found any issues I mean every once in a while you might find a little something that's off here or there but it's really benign. They do talk in generality. So it's not like it's giving specific shit that could actually like, and just for the record, there's actually never been an e o case associated with a piece of marketing content um, uh, in, the, in the written form, um, as long as you're not making a guarantee. So as long as you're not making a guarantee, such as I guarantee you will save money, I guarantee you will this, I guarantee yeah. this will happen. You can't make guarantees. If you stay out of guarantees. And you talk in generalities, then you are you're gonna be fine because you're giving suggestions and education. You're not saying if you do this, this outcome will happen. That's where you can potentially get yourself in trouble. But that, you know, that's how you do that. It, the
0: process, it's it's a little, it takes a little getting used to in the beginning. That's exactly how I'm doing my blogs now. When you told me offline, yeah. I was like, yep. Ryan's saying I gotta try it. <laughs> so I Dude. threw it in the first couple of times. It took me a while, but now it's just clock i almost feel like you can train a va to do it you could you absolutely know, could be, a VA to do it that's what we yeah. i don't do it so, you think i i don't do it at all, all right. well <laughs> I, i'm still doing it myself i gotta pass it along i guess but uh but yeah i mean i'm using it so that's just like scratching the surface right so yes i've been using it just to even sending emails more efficiently where somebody might ask like a or let's say I have a renewal coming up in two months for a commercial client. And I just want to in writing, give them something that is kind of like a state of the market in my own words, right? I can go in chat GPT and just write simply, Hey, you know, create me a business email for a client that, you know, an insurance client of mine that owns a nursery, that's having a large increase on their renewal. And it'll give me a, a beautiful response and I'll go in and personalize it and throw it in Grammarly and touch it up. And it takes me five minutes compared to yep. me sitting there trying to type out a whole email. It's going to take me a half hour. I'm going to think about it 20 times before yep. I send it. So just like little things like that. I used it to do a, I used it to do a Facebook ad recently. Okay. And this, I, I mean, the ad, the ad it generated blew my mind. So I'm going to just share it with you. Cause I just pulled it up here. I, I just think it's, I think it's so good. I'm running it now. I only got two leads from it, so maybe it's not that great, but I love the wording of it. So it's a, And this is for homeowners coastally on Long Island. So it says, attention Long Island homeowners, stop the insurance rate nightmare. Are you a proud Long Island homeowner experiencing insurance policy cancellations or jaw dropping rate increases? Don't panic. We have an exclusive solution tailored just for you. Introducing LAF Advisors, your trusted partner in protecting your cherished adobe. We aim to provide peace of mind and comprehensive coverage to your high value homeowners like yourself. Why choose LAF? And then it's got like a couple of emoji check marks on why you should choose LAF. You know, claim your free policy review now. Act fast. Contact us today with the link. Protect your home confidently and join the satisfied homeowners who trust LAF for their insurance need. Your home, our priority.
2: That like, is great. I,
0: I could have never came up with that myself. Yeah. You know, so using it for little things like that, creating the body of a Facebook ad how, uh, you know, what's the best way to respond to someone when they fill out the form for a Facebook ad. I I mean, you could just go on and on with it. So yeah, it's something I'm definitely, you know, trying to use to make my life more efficient, you know?
1: Yeah. The other thing you can do too, is you could take that ad and say, Hey, give me five similar, but different versions that attack this problem in a, in an uncommon way or something. And, uh, and it'll give you AB test versions that you can try. And it, um, again, yeah, it's, it's not going to displace the human, the consultation, the coverage, what, what you need to do our job, but it can make you so much more efficient. And, you know, right now, I mean, this is, this is what I've, again, I've been saying in my keynotes and stuff is like right now we're in a window where if you take the time to embrace this stuff, grab it and use it in your business, you can start to extend your lead on people. Right, this is. It's not going to change the way you do business today. I think that's coming. I think there are are major changes coming. I think there's major efficiencies. This shit's going to start being baked into tools more and more, and it'll be it'll be seamless. It'll be behind the scenes. You won't even know it's there. You just have these functionality that's added. But right now, it's still just just difficult enough that most people won't do it. And I feel like that gives us the ability to really extend and really grow and really push out um, if if you're willing to take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like we're on the forefront of something that's really going to shake up the industry, kind of like you said. And yeah. I'd rather listen, is there government regulation that can crack down on it? Maybe, but I'm not even thinking that far now. I'm just, hey, let me learn as much as I can about this this way. If it doesn't crack down and Rogue Risk and LAF are the only two companies pumping out two
1: blogs a day, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's the thing of our industry is that you and I just just told everybody exactly what to do. And no one who's listening to this will do it. They'll go, uh, I don't have the time. Okay, fine. Yeah. That's, I, the, that's I, the best part. The best part about our industry is I've been giving I and Kat and other people for decade plus, giving them the pro. And, and it's just recently, you know, guys, like a couple other guys just started doing this, shit, like the new, you know, this new wave yeah. of guys. And, and, and women, but it's like for so long, we're just like, do this, we promise <laughs> it may not change everything, but it will give you more business for nothing. And people are just like, no, nope, nope. I'm gonna go drive st- from strip mall to strip mall, handing out business cards because with a grinder's business. Yeah, okay. All right, you
0: win. <sighs> yeah, man. I mean, there's just there's so many ways to uh to slice the pie
1: now. I mean, yeah, it's the, the best that's the best all the time, you know. Dude, is a choose your own adventure business? How many businesses do you get to? literally pick exactly what you want to be who you want to serve where you want to serve them and 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 get to build a business around that i mean that's the thing i hate personal lines hate it with a passion that's why we don't do it hate it but i can have an agency i can have an insurance business that just doesn't do personal lines we just don't do it and it's beautiful sometime maybe i could add it or or find a partner or whatever but like it's that kind of stuff to me that is just so exciting because you, you could, you could only do coastal, you know, Southern coastal property within two miles of the long Island shore. dude. you, bro, you could be a multimillionaire just doing that? That one thing, that you know how to do that. You have the markets for, and you know how to talk to people about it and you get a brand for it. And it's like, that's fucking amazing. That's, it's Riches amazing. And that you can do that. Yeah. And, and um. I think you just have to figure out what you want to be. I, I, I struggle with riches in the niches because I don't, I feel like people get too hung up on that. I don't Mm. think it's not true. I absolutely think it's true. I just think there's a lot of other ways to be highly successful as well. Um, I think we get, well, if you don't have a niche, then you're screwed. Mm, We're a, we're a master generalist. That's, that's what rogue is. Our niche is small business. Um, but we're not good at personal lines, right? We're not, we don't do health insurance. We don't do life insurance. We don't do any of that stuff. We could add it. So it's like, I think you just have to figure out what you want to be and then figure out the business model that allows you to be that thing. And the beauty of our industry is you can absolutely positively do that. And there's just not that many industries that allow you to, to do that. That's I think why this is such a great space to be. Yeah. And figuring
0: out what you want to be isn't as easy as it sounds.
1: That's true.
0: That's true. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like I just figured it out like three years ago and it's yeah. probably going to change yeah. every quarter for the next 20 years, you know? <laughs> and I think, I think that's fine now. I think that's completely fine. Totally. I think,
1: you know. But it's something
0: you should think about.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I had a call. Uh, I had a call with a woman today who's relatively new to the business. And we were talking about some things and she actually at, was asking me about Tivoli. And I didn't think that where she was in her, her process, it was the best fit for her right now, but um, not, not that she couldn't use it to generate these. I just, uh, wasn't the best fit, but you know, she was saying, she's going after this niche and this is sugar. And I just was like, the best advice I can give you is just pick one thing. And it, it could be a ge- geography it could be a type of person. It could be a, uh, industry class. It could be some cross cut of all those things or other variables, but pick a thing and just become the person at that thing. And, uh, you know, that, you know, cause she was struggling with how to get traction. And, yeah. and I just said, you know, don't, don't grab onto, uh, you know, the way you think business should be done, just go figure out how those clients want to be served and go serve them. And if you enjoy serving that client in that way, then just keep doing it and you'll be fine.
0: Because that's what's going to keep the fire burning.
1: Yeah, because, because you know? dude, I think a lot of people, especially early, um, and, and I've made this mistake too, so I don't want to, it's not, I'm not, you know, whatever. Uh, they, they, they're like, oh, I want to be this thing or I want to serve this. And then they realize what it takes or how those people want to be serving them, and they don't love it. Right. And then they feel like they're doing something wrong. It's like, you're not doing something wrong. That just was a mismatch for how, how they want to be served and how you want to do business. And it's like, yeah. just keep iterating until you find a type of client that you enjoy serving. And then it, the job becomes super easy.
0: It does. And in our industry, listen, I've made the mistake too. I've gone after things I didn't like and, you know, When you get to those hard times where you're like, oh, shit, uh, you know, I'm not feeling it today or whatever. If you're not in a niche or a specific field that you love, it's easy to just skip out on that day, you know? But if you love it, it's going to, like I said before, it's going to keep that fire burning. So I thought that's good advice you gave to that lady for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe it was was terrible advice. (laughs) I hope it was good advice. I want her to be successful. Um, But I just think it's, I think that's an issue a lot of people get is they, do market analysis and like, well, there's an opportunity here. And it's like, do you even want to serve that type of customer? Like, do you want to do that? You know, whatever that person needs. Do you want to, yeah. that industry is going to require a massive amount of certificates. Is that something that you want to do right now? Uh, you know, I don't, and yeah. and no right or wrong. Just, these are the questions. I think we have to ask ourselves. Um, And it comes back to thinking like an agency owner or a business owner. I think business owners think through, Without ideological slant, they think through what's best for me, my business, profitability, growth, my targets I want to get to, and they don't, they don't buy in or or overindex on shit that they read on Facebook groups or whatever. I think that you know, it doesn't mean you can't get great information from there, but they don't just like yeah. do it because other people are doing it. And I feel too often as agency owners, we're like, well, well, Sean is. Sean is crushing commercial coastal property. And that sounds like a really profitable business. So I'm going to go do that. Yet they've never been to the ocean before, have no idea what a wind hail deductible is. You know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. have the markets <laughs> and they're like, you know, like, I can't figure out how to make this work. And it's like, because it's not what you should be doing.
0: Yeah. You know? I, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. You know, as as a scratch agent, like one of the first things I did was I kind of had to build my niche based around the carrier access I had, yes, yeah, 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 you know what I mean? So sometimes you don't always have the option, but once yep. you get to a certain point, you can pick and do what you'd like.
1: Yeah. And and a lot of it too is and I recently just wrote an article on Finding Peak about this, but like if you have so much of it is just discipline, right? It's just 100%. just keep showing up, keep doing the thing. If you know making 10 and this is like common basic advice. Like there's no rocket science here, but like if you know 20 cold calls of property owners every day, will yield you two opportunities to quote in one sale. That works. It doesn't mean it's how you're gonna scale your business, but it's gonna get you off the ground. It's gonna get some revenue on the books. It's gonna get you some opportunities. And for a while, you gotta eat shit that way. You know, like that was my method until COVID hit. If COVID didn't hit, and and I, that's what, I would have been a middle market, cold calling, drop in, aid me. Mean, was that was digitizing, basically killing commercial was my plan. And when COVID hit and all those businesses shut down, I had to pivot hard to what I eventually, what Rogue has eventually become. But you know, I think you just you just keep showing up and trying, and eventually you figure out what works or or you don't. Yeah, I think
0: I love what you I love what you did with Find a Peak, where you're talking about like the fitness and mental side of the business. Because I mean, we talked about this on the po- uh other podcasts previously, but I feel like the mental side of this business is not talked about enough. Yeah, I mean, the cold calling takes a mental toll on you. Yep, working out takes a mental toll. Doing the blogs takes a mental toll. We could sit here and make it sound easy, you know. Doing AI, we still got to get up, plug in the info, and consistently do it day after day after day. Even if we feel like crap one day, or even if we got some, you know, we get punched in the face by life another day. Yep you still got to show up, like you said. So yeah, the mental aspect of it is, is something I got to do a better job of talking about more too, because as a scratch agent, this, you know, it could, it could be lonely sometimes when you don't have a
1: team. Yeah, you know? it's very so, lonely. There, Not yeah. sometimes it's lonely all the time. It's it's why I think yeah. the podcast that you guys are doing is awesome. And the work that you're Thank doing you. with the podcast. So you know, that's kind of where I'd love to finish our conversation is like, How has that been going for you guys? What have been some of the benefits that have come out of it? Like, I think it's incredible that you're doing it. And I just love to hear more about it.
0: Yes. I mean, one of the main reasons we started it was because Stephen and I were going through like a similar phase in our career. And we were talking about how it is lonely and it is a mental game and things like that. And we're like, man, we should just, we talk all the time anyway, we should just record it because it's usually good information that could probably help other scratch agents And we'll have guests on and we can learn from the guests and maybe other people can learn from the guests and you know, the community it's, the insurance industry is just filled with so many great people. So where it's benefited us. I mean, we make no money off the podcast, but everyone we interview, uh, uh, if you guys watch the podcast on YouTube, literally every video, I'm just looking down at a notepad, taking notes, like 90% of the time. Um, I'm paying attention, but I feel like that's the biggest thing that I got from it that I wasn't expecting to be the biggest thing was if you told me there was a hundred other insurance podcasts around building a scratch agency, but I knew what I knew now about having the podcast, I still would have done it anyway. Yeah. Just cause I've learned so much from it. And I feel like that information is invaluable. The relationships I've built from the podcast that Steven and I have built from the podcast, I feel like are invaluable. So um, I know we both know how hard those times are. The three of us know how hard those yeah. times are of being a scratch agent. So I feel like if that can help literally one or two people, that that also makes me happy, you know? So yeah. I'm just going to continue to keep doing what we're doing, you know, and, yeah. and visit th- at episode 50 and see what happens from there.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, there's tons of discipline in that too. Like just continuing, totally. you know, there's days where like you just don't, you know, sometimes I, I look at my, Calendar and I'll have a podcast scheduled, and it'll even be with someone who I can't wait to talk to. But I'll just be like, "Fuck," you know. You just you just don't have it. You know what I mean? Like it's just you know how much energy you want to give, or you you know, or and sometimes you know the people that I know are like really dynamic people. I'm actually you know you're like I you know I want to step my game up and be able to match energy, and I'm just like, man, I I don't want to do it because and you but you have to you know what I mean? You have to you have to you know that person's taking their time. It's on the calendar. You you you. If you don't record them, they don't go out. So like, you know, I, I, it is, it is big time discipline to, to continue to pump out more episodes and keep having conversations.
0: I totally shouldn't say this out loud, but, um, there's been times where Steven and I are like, man, I hope this person cancels. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. For like sure. Just because you're mentally shot yeah. you know, from just running an agency during the day. So again, here we go. It's, it's all a mental game. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Th- Dude. And that's, that's what finding peak was for me. Like that is basically like a diary. That's not, you know, I mean, I am writing and yeah. I'm, I'm writing for people and hopefully it helps. And it seemingly is helping. I've gotten a tremendous amount of feedback on it, but like, awesome. um, but like, that's just reminders to myself. Like when I'm feeling a certain kind of way like that, like the one I referenced before the last article I did on discipline, like that came out of, I, I just wasn't, I had a week, like literally a week. Or I wasn't motivated. I just couldn't, seemingly couldn't get the engine started. And I didn't know what it was. And then I read, I, re, I do read a lot. And I was reading uh, Discipline is Destiny by Ryan Holiday. And then I was listening to, I listened to a lot of stuff from like Jordan Peterson. I have all these guys that I follow. And, uh, and actually, I think it was Andy Frasella who was like, he was, he's, uh, he's got a great podcast, a real AF podcast. And he, he said something like, you think I want to, yeah, he swears lies. Like, you think I want to fucking rucksack for blah blah blah, blah da, da, at eight, you know, 5am in the morning. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. He's like, I do it because I told myself I was going to do it. So I do it. He's like, if I didn't tell myself I wasn't going to do it, I wouldn't do it. But I told myself I'm going to get up for 30, you know, whatever it was some period of time. So I do it. He goes, that's discipline. He goes, your motivation. Right. And then I, then I started Googling and like Joe Rogan has said similar things. and, other, And I just was like, oh my God, this is the thing. Like, motivation is complete and utter bullshit. Motivation is is an emotion. It's an emotion. Emotions aren't real. They don't control us. Right? Fades away. Discipline is a practice. You just, you're either disciplined or you're not. It's a, it's a, it's binary. You either, you either show up and do the thing regardless of how you feel about it or you don't. And I was like, this isn't going to be easy. I'm going to mess up, but I want to be a disciplined person. That's, I want to be able to look in the mirror and be like, you're disciplined. That's what it was
0: all about. Do you know like the feeling that I get when I tell myself tomorrow I'm going to wake up at four o'clock, I'm going to work out at four 30 and I'm just going to do it even if it sucks. And I wake up and the first thought in my head is you're an idiot. Go back to sleep. This sucks. I feel like crap. But then you work out anyway and you get a sweat and you're done with the workout and you check that box that you did it. I mean, to, to me, that just cures depression. <laughs> right you know, there, right off the bat, you know. I was listening that to box.
1: I was listening to Andrew Tate the other day, and he said something because I like Andrew Tate. Um, and he said uh, depression isn't real. Now, I'm not going to debate whether depression is real or not, but his point is, it's an emotion. It's an emotional reaction to feelings that you're having. And while you can be depressed, and I've been fucking depressed before at different times in my life, yeah, for sure, you can be depressed. And still be disciplined. You can be miserable and hate your life, and hate what's going on, and hate the people around you, and hate your station, and hate everything that exists, and still get up and go for a walk, jump in an ice bath, do some fucking pushups. You can still be disciplined and be depressed. Those are those two things are mutually exclusive things. And you know, I actually put out a little clip on Instagram today uh, that was a kind of in this vein. Um, when I first and we'll close with this because I want to be respectful of everyone's time and and I'll get your feedback. But um, I when I was when rogue when I first launched rogue and COVID happened seven days later, I was in a I was depressed, right? I was I put all this money in, all this time in, and I just felt like the universe kicked me right in the nutsack, and I didn't know what to do, and I didn't know how to pull myself out, and uh, and uh, a friend of mine. Um, said to me, you know, I, I just was. Imp- I was like, dude, I just everything fucking hurts. I'm miserable, and he goes, experience it. Like, what do you mean? He goes, just experience it, feel getting miserable, feel miserable, be miserable because you are miserable. But do the things you need to do anyway. He's like, he goes, you can still send cold emails and work on your business and put marketing materials together and ask people for their insurance, and quote insurance, and be miserable at the same time. He's like, those two things are mutually exclusive. You know that if you don't do these things over here, you're going to not, your business isn't going to exist, okay? You are also completely fucking depressed and miserable. Those two things are happening at the same time. Experience the misery, still do the things. And what happened was, I just listened to him. I didn't know what else to do, you know what I mean? Like, drinking and being an asshole wasn't working so I just kept doing the things and they weren't perfect I didn't do them as much as I could if I felt amazing but I just kept doing the things and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like I don't feel miserable
0: anymore I feel pretty good because it chips away I feel like when you check that box it chips away at whatever depression you have last thing I'll I'll leave with is uh, I forgot where I read this from it might have been uh Patrick by David said something about like a lot of bad things come from having too much time on your hands. Yeah. You know, and when you're depressed, what happens? You, you stay in, maybe you, you stop working as much as you should and you begin to have too much times on your hands. So maybe you pick up that beer because it's a Saturday and you want to barbecue like every other insurance agent yeah. or, you know, and before you know it, now you feel like shit on Sunday. So you want to stay in because you had a bunch of drinks on Saturday and now you have way too much time on your hands. Yeah. You know, so I feel I like by staying disciplined, and having a list of things to do every day. That's what's kept
1: me really happy, to be honest. I think you're wholly right. I think it goes for everything in your life. If you've got a partner, spouse, whatever, girlfriend, boyfriend, non-binary, human, if we believe that that exists. Um, sorry. No comment. No comment. <laughs> um, I don't. I'm just so you know. But, uh, but, Whoever that person, that special person is in your life, even if they consider themselves a cat, um, it goes for all these relationships, right? Uh, we we wonder why, you know, I think back to my marriage um, and and all the relationships that I've had. And I think to myself, like, geez, you know, at a certain point, I just kind of stopped being disciplined about the things that you're supposed to do. I think it goes for your relationship with your kids. It goes for a relationship with your friends, with with your mentors, with anybody, right? We stop being disciplined in connecting with them because, oh, you know, I don't feel like having this conversation with your mom. And then you don't talk to your mom for a month. And then your mom's bitching at you or mad at you, or you feel bad. And then you feel, feel like you let your, let this person down. You're like, because you just didn't pick up the phone. You weren't disciplined enough to say, hey, once a week, I'm, or, you know, in my case, my mom calls me like every day, but, you know, uh, but like once a week, I'm going to make sure I connect with this person who's really important to me doesn't mean you feel like it. You may not even have anything to say, but you connect with them because that's what you want to do and that relationship is important to you. And it's, so it's like this idea of discipline from Marcus Aurelius to Jesus, to, 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 to Abraham, to, to, it doesn't matter what your, doesn't matter what religion it is, it matter what you philosophy you follow, Buddha. It, all of it, in my opinion, comes back to discipline, all of it. Everything is a derivative of discipline. Everything you want in your life is a derivative of discipline. That's my feeling.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. And we have process and procedures in place for our business, right? And I tell you, I have these lists that I do, but guess what? I could do a better job of having lists for things I should do in my personal life. Yeah. Process and procedures for my personal life. So
1: yeah. I'm working on that. That that's, yep. that's, I'm working on that too. I, I think, I think discipline and a tiny dash of grace and everything's going to be fine. Give yourself that tiny bit of grace when you aren't disciplined, get back on track. I think sometimes we're a little too hard on ourselves, but this concept that I'm working through in my head of be as disciplined as you can possibly be in every aspect of your life. Doesn't mean not have fun. Fun can be a discipline, right? I like to golf. I like to have beers once in a while. I like to go to, you know, take, I'm seeing this woman. I like to take her out to dinner. That can be discipline, right? Making sure you make time for those things that are fun. It doesn't mean don't have fun. Just means be disciplined in it. And then when you fall off the horse, just give yourself a little bit of grace to say, you know what? Fuck it. I had a bad day tomorrow. I'm back at it. And I I feel like that's the key, man. I don't know. Um, But hey, dude, so glad we connected. We have to do this again. Um, Totally. Tell everybody where they can get at you and your podcast because I I love the podcast and uh, they definitely need, if you like this nonsense, you're going to love the shit that they're doing. So um, so tell everybody where they can get at you. All
0: right. So for the podcast, you can check us out, the Scratch Agency podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. um, To follow me personally, I I like Instagram, Sean P Fitz, that's S-H-A-W-N P Fitz, F-I-T-Z, or Sean Fitzgerald on LinkedIn. And uh, Ryan, before we go, just wanted to say uh, thank you for letting, you know, thank you for having me on the podcast. First of all, I appreciate it. And I think what you do in our industry is I condemn you for it because I know it's not easy to have a podcast, A, and B, I feel like the way you do your podcast, you're very open and honest and you tell it how it is. And not a lot of people do that within our industry. So I I commend you for that, man.
1: Thank you so much, dude. Hey, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you over the last year. And I'm looking forward to more. And even the time we got to spend in person at uh, Ben's thing. is awesome. And uh, look forward to more of that, man. I I wish you nothing but success. I'm so happy for you. And uh, anything I can ever do, but be good.
2: Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it.